HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil them rhythm and blues that It's gonna get you Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Goldie. My name is Southern T. And I'm Greg Benson. All right. I've Damn got it. something I would like to know about since we've been kind of making fun of you, Souther, for the last few weeks <laughs> about your haunted house bar. For the last <laughs> few weeks, <laughs> my corn maze. That's what I heard. Yeah, corn maze. <laughs> uh, but it is the season, right? So, like, uh, did you have uh, did you have friends and family? I heard we did. We had friends and family last week. Um, it was uh, great to get people in the room. So it's called Cafe de l'Enfer, which means cafe from hell. And we 100% ripped this idea off. Uh, this bar existed in uh, 1820s uh, France, uh, in Paris, in the Montmartre. And it was called Cabaret de l'Enfer. Uh, and it was an absinthe and champagne bar uh, that was decorated with like lots of sort of crushed velvet and melted candle wax. Very goth. Victorian at the time, but goth today, right? Um so yeah, we we hijacked this idea and uh, have made this space that's pretty cool. Greg got to come to friends and family. What, what did you think of the space, Greg? It was nifty, man. I mean, I I really was struck by how the sort of like wild west cowboy aesthetic of honeybees, because it's in the old honeybee space, um, works. I, it was one of these things. That it 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 made me realize that like, wow, trends really do sort of come back around where it's like, you know, it had a lot of sort of ornate gilding and kind of like there's that old school clock that's right over the bar. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, you kind of put some skulls on this and it's like yeah. a cult French. Like this is actually super cool, but I loved it, man. The front, front door is really nice. Um, y'all put some really great touches on there to get that kind of, you know, like Gothic sort of, Adam's family, but classy thing on there. It, it, it struck the right balance of like, it wasn't campy, which I appreciated, but there was definitely a sense of like, eh, but you know, it's, it's Halloween. It's fun. 
Yeah. Um, oh, and I got embarrassingly uh, drunk because there's a lot of absinthe and champagne there. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I have 19 drinks on the menu, 10 of which involve uh, absinthe and nine of which involve champagne. Um, and yeah, I think we tried to toe the line between character and caricature. You know, we wanted it to be, uh, you know, Hollywood, but not Disney. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know, I encourage anyone who can get there to come check it out. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a tough line to walk too. It's sort of like that, like sort of horror comedy movie genre, which I'm a huge fan of where it's like, it has to be, it can't be all like silly, right? It has to be like a little bit scary. And yours definitely has a sense of like, yeah, you know, it's, it's Halloween. It's a party. It's fun. Like, let's not take ourselves like too like stone face seriously, but also, you know, there's that, what, what did you say? It weighed like 1200 pounds. That sort of like, you know, fallen angel pit of hell, uh, concrete sculpture that you have next to the bar. I was like, that's, yeah. that was kind of badass. Yeah. A big gargoyle. Her name's uh, Linda. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. As it says in the book of the Necronomicon, yeah. Linda. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it means beautiful, Lindo. Um, yeah, we, again, uh, as you mentioned, it's in the former honeybee space, which had that flocked wallpaper, which definitely kind of matches. We didn't have to change the walls. Um, creaky wooden floor, you know, from the Old West kind of vibe that it had works for this vibe as well. So not a lot of hammer swinging, just a lot of decorating. Uh, and then the furniture is uh, is something else. <laughs> you just threw some eyeliner on it. I don't know how to describe. It. Yeah, exactly. Eyeliner, black, hot topic, black fingernail paint. Um, yeah, the furniture is something else. It's uh, all kind of modern Victorian leather, crazy high back chairs, and uh, you know, uh, I don't know. It's 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 great. Uh, you know. I'm I'm very pleased with the liftoff. So friends and family, you got to come to. Then we had the the weekend, um, which was wildly successful and smooth. I can't tell you this is the smoothest bar I've ever opened. Um, and then we took uh, Monday and Tuesday off, and we'll be back at it again tonight. So we'll be open Wednesday through Sunday um, at first, and then when we can really get our feet underneath us, we'll do seven days a week. And you're going to continue to run this through the rest of the year, correct? I mean, this is our little magic trick that we do sometimes. Uh, most notably, Amoria Margo opened as a pop-up uh, that was supposed to go for six months, and here we are literally over 10 years later. Um, we've done this before where we call something a pop-up, but then we decide if it's successful or not enough to go on. We feel pretty confident that a champagne bar should be around until New Year's Eve. Um, right. So we'll, we'll definitely go three months, and if it's doing well, we'll keep on going. But if not, we again, we didn't do any sort of structural work up there. It's really just cosmetic. So we can easily kind of pull and, and, you know, push some levers and change it again. You've always been very reckless. Like, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I wanted to say it, but I'm glad you did. But I mean, like with your, with your spaces, you've always kind of like, you know, recreated, you know, uh, something completely new and the decor is always like pretty like extravagant. So I mean, it's, it's fun to see that, you know, it's it, it in a time where we often see bars and restaurants just closing and, you know, turning into Starbucks or whatever, mm. like you guys always just kind of, we're like, oh, you know, this concept's been fun for a while. Let's see what happens when we, you know, 
take away the puppy, as they say in Ghostbusters. But, right. uh, you know, using a space and seeing, I always say that, you know, the space, the physical space in the bar is kind of like, that's kind of your, it's what will actually inspire the theme of a bar. You can't just force anything into a space. So it's cool to see how y'all have done that in many different ways. Yeah, I got to give the credit to Robbie. Uh, you know, he's um, he's the one who does all of the, I don't know. He's the one who supplied all the black fingernail paint. Well, yeah. I mean, th- don't forget. <laughs> don't forget if you know Robbie at all, or if you've ever just Googled him and looked at photos of him. He looks like a vampire. He he lives that lifestyle. <laughs> you know, he's got a crushed black velvet jacket and long white sleeves poking out of it, and black fingernails and eyeliner and the whole bit. Right. He's, some of the furniture that's in uh, Cafe de l'Enfer is similar to the, some of the furniture that's in his home. Right. So this is his. Yeah. He, you know, it's like those tiki guys who live the lifestyle. Like this, right. this is his lifestyle. So this this bar is kind of like him really getting to do the thing he's always kind of wanted to do. Um, but he takes care of all the decor stuff. You know, I'm uh, like Greg. We talk about it all the time. I'm colorblind. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Just make it, <laughs> you know, just like design and, and that's all your bag, Damon. I get it. But like, I just, I'm just here for the drinks. I made the drinks. They're fucking delicious. Please come and check them out. And if you're into skulls and Bauhaus on the system, <laughs> you know, we can crank it up and, I don't know. Get get gothy. Get gothy. I love it. I love it. Well, hell. <clears throat> yeah, all about tequila and uh, sorry, all about champagne and absinthe. But I do have a tequila drink on the menu. <laughs> I have a tequila drink in front of me right now. I'm about to pour one. Let's talk about tequila, Greg. Who's in the studio with us? Let's definitely talk about tequila. So we have Roberto Rosa from Maestro Dobel in with us today. Roberto, how are you, man? Thank you so much for uh, jumping into our virtual studio. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Amazing. So, uh, so talk to me a little bit about this really, really nice blue glass bottle that I have in front of me. And uh, also, I, I got to say, I really love this little, what is this copita dipped in that you sent me? This is wonderful. What is this thing? I do not know what they sent me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no visual, so I don't know what they sent you. I know, I know you were getting a bottle, but I don't know what else they sent me. Okay. Dang. I even thought about like when it, when, when it came in the mail, be it like shooting an email back to the folks that sent it. I was just like, Whoa, what is this? I've never seen a copita like this. This is amazing. But I was like, no, 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 I'm going to save this for the radio. So we get that like <laughs> genuine moment of realization and you can hear it in my voice. So sorry, sorry to ambush you with all the questions. <laughs> I can jump in here. It's a, it's a dark copper glaze copita. They're all hand formed. And what I like about it is that they don't have a flat bottom. They just kind of kind of wiggle like rock around and it feels very natural and they like they look really cool and they they're meant see to, now uh, i feel left out i didn't get one you didn't get, I didn't get, I didn't get one either <laughs> i didn't get one either roberto so we're, we're cool right right to your pr team roberto i'm sure they'll send you one <laughs> um, well, let's well let's back up a little bit roberto who t- tell us a little bit about yourself who who are you and how did you uh wind up in the studio with us today uh so i moved from puerto rico back in 2013 to New York. Uh, I had been bartending since 1998. After a few years, I've been with uh, Maestro de Ball now for a little over four years. Uh, it's been a great job. So Maestro de Ball is a pretty amazing tequila, and it's a whole family of, of tequilas. Uh, they've been producing tequila for 11 generations. 11 so generations. That's a lot. Yeah. So the brand's pretty cool because 
while our the owner wants to honor the family's tradition and keep the traditions alive, he's always looking to do new stuff to create, be innovative and create new newer techniques in the tequila producing. Um, that's how the Cristalino the tequila started coming out. Uh, basically, right. Maestro developed the, the first Cristalino tequila back in t- t- uh, 2008. So, Right. And uh, that's still a kind of a burgeoning category of tequila. Talk to our listeners a little bit about kind of what that process is. I do apologize for in the background. My dogs are <laughs> playing with each other. That's not me squeaking it. Brand <laughs> representative and proud dog owner, Roberto Rosa, joins us on the speakeasy. I do apologize. Uh, no, it's okay. It sounds like he's having an absolute ball back there. Excuse me one second. Just let me tell them to stop. <laughs> the well, magic of love radio. You never yeah, know what's going to happen, right? Stranger things have happened. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, while he's sorry, away, they, they were about to get loud, so I had to like <laughs> scream at them. Uh, so, yeah, so Cristalino is a, a category of it's not an official category, but it's basically charcoal filtered añejo and an extra, an extra añejo tequila, correct? Uh, so it can be a variety. It can be all. Uh, there's some tequilas out there that are just reposado and filtered. Uh, the set of rules is pretty loose. Basically, it's an aged tequila that goes through a filtering process um, right now because there's no established uh, set of rules. Uh, Maestro de Bell Diamante is probably the, the first one. So it's a little different from the rest. It's uh, reposado, blended with añejo and an extra añejo, and then it goes through the filtering process. Interesting. What's the benefit of making a Cristalino? So... You have the flavors and and the smoothness of an aged spirit, but it's gonna be lighter, like a silver. Yeah, so it lets a little bit more of like the fruity characteristic come back through. Yeah, because some of the kind of the oak. It's not gonna be all the oak flavor that you get. You get some of the oak flavor, but the agave still shines through. It's gonna be light, bright spirit. Well, I imagine that also does a lot for the sort of you know. So much of what we drink and taste is is dictated by perception, right? And what we expect. So I imagine that by sort of flipping the script on what people expect an aged tequila to look like versus what they expect a clear tequila to taste like, you can sort of almost get there, get them mentally into sort of the, you know, the 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 penumbra between the two where they have to actually kind of like take a step back and just think like, well, hold on here. What am I, what am I actually tasting? What is this? What are these notes? Rather than just kind of like, oh, this is an aged tequila and kind of, you know, being like, yep, tastes like an aged tequila should. Well, it's always fun as well, because a lot of people get taken by surprise. They're usually uh, when they don't like tequila, I get, give them a taste of the Diamante and they're like, wait, this is not what I expected like a silver tequila to taste like either. So because they think it's a silver when they first see it and yeah. think it's a, yeah. So it takes them by surprise as well. It gets so much smoother than a silver tequila as well. It's also funny how how spirit trends work too, because for the longest time we were like, you know, everyone wanted something that was aged more. And, you know, uh, then we also hit this point a few years ago where people were, I noticed a lot of consumers, they were really, and I think this probably had something to do with mezcal. Um, but a lot of people started going back to like silver or Blanco tequilas because they're like, all right, I want to taste what this is actually like, you know, from the beginning. 
It's like I know what it what an aged version of this is. Now let's go back to see. It's kind of like tasting a cash strength bourbon in a way. You know, it's like this is what it came out of the barrel. Like it's kind of going back to the origin and seeing what happened there. So you're kind of doing both here, which is pretty cool. Well, it also sort of reminds me of like the whole unaged whiskey thing, which for a while I like really sort of turned my nose up at because I was just kind of like, well, this is like, you know, this just tells me like, hey, I'm a new distillery. I wanted to make a whiskey, but I didn't want to wait. So here you go. But then I feel like a lot of people kind of jumped in and were like, okay, this is a, this, this category might've been created out of necessity, but then again, we're in all spirits at some point, but let's see if we can find a way to actually like work this and, and, and make it good and make it palatable. Um, I remember in, in 2018, I was, when I was running the bar program at the Jeffrey, there was this unaged whiskey that someone who had my job way before me had bought. And there was a case of it just like sitting in the basement Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't touch it. I was just like, I, I didn't even give it the time of day. I was like, it's lazy whiskey. I'm not going to bother with that. And finally the GM was just like, dude, put this in a cocktail because I'm sick of looking at it. And I started messing around with it and I was like, oh, Hey, this is actually pretty good. And I sort of put it in like a modified white whiskey corpse survivor type of thing. A couple of weeks later, I go to him. I'm like, Hey, we need to order more of that. He's like, what? He's like, I thought we were trying to get rid of it. I was like, yeah, we got rid of it too effectively. It's gone and we need more now. <laughs> That's, well, Greg, um, that's just because you're, you know, such a, an amazing mixologist. <laughs> yeah. you know, and salesman. And salesman. Yeah. They should have yeah, promoted you to salesman. that guy's job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, speaking of, of salesmanship, I, I did sort of have to ask, because I imagine, Roberto, there's a lot of kind of reframing that has to be done when you're selling something like this to the consumer. Like, there's definitely probably a lot of re-education that you have to do. What is that kind of like on your end as a brand ambassador? What's your sort of tricks of the trade that you can use to get people back in that headspace of rethinking everything that they've been taught about how tequila is aged? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple because first of all, it tastes good. So that, <laughs> that makes the job a lot easier. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's usually my first thing is get them to try it. That makes my job so much easier once they try it. It's yeah, it's just explaining yeah. a little bit about the process and why why we came up with it and things like that. But once they try it, that's the main part. I still haven't had somebody say like, "Oh, I don't like that." As a uh, we uh, officially became the uh, PGA sponsor this year, and it brought a new crowd of tequila drinkers to to Maestro de Bell. And yeah, everybody loved our cocktails. They loved the tequila by itself. So well, that's, yeah, it's, not, it's not difficult when you're selling something good. Yeah. And it's like the whole liquid to lips idea. You know, it's, yeah. you, you got to get the, got to get the product in their hands and in, the, in their face. <laughs> as it were. I'm, I think the <laughs> hardest part is actually uh, seeing it in, behind the bars and getting the some bartenders to realize that it's not a silver, it's not a plata, that it's right. actually like a whole new category of tequila. Right. You once you to, get that part, education part, then yeah, it's easy. You have to educate the educators. Yep. Um, I, I guess my question would be, while we're still talking about the Cristalino, um, you sort of started to talk about it there, but you stopped a little bit short. Like, what was the impetus? Why? Why do this? Why? Why create this whole new thing? Same reason. In Mexico, a lot of people were looking towards the lighter uh, spirits. So the, it, usually the uh, 
añejos and extra añejos were a little bit heavier. So people want to drink a lighter spirit. And uh, yeah, that's where the owner got the idea. Try something new. Yeah, sounds right to me. Yeah. Well, speaking of trying something new, I want to try something new here because I feel like spe- speaking of your dogs, I feel like I'm a dog with a treat on its nose here, just staring <laughs> at this at this bottle that I have in front of me that says Pechuga Tequila. Can you talk to me a little bit about First of all, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what Pechuga is and then sort of what inspired you to, to make this bottle that I'm looking at right here? So as I explained, the owner is very into Mexican traditions. Um, so he got ins- the inspiration from mezcal in this case. Uh, the Pechuga is, is a traditional way to make mezcal. It's been around uh, at least 100 years this uh I don't know who came up with it or the reason. It just works. Uh, basically, uh, during a se- it depends on the mezcal. It can be a second or third distillation where you macerate uh, seasonal fruits and spices. And then you hang a source of protein inside the still and you redistill the mezcal. Uh, I don't know why, but the vapors cooking while well, they cook the. Uh, the source of protein, it just creates a magical result. Uh, so the inspiration was basically that, but it's never been done before with uh, tequila. And the owner um, decided to try it. I don't know how many tries it took to get this uh, bottle out, but it's really nice. Pechuga, uh, I don't know. If you had the experience where somebody that's never had like a high, higher proof mezcal, a higher proof, uh, pechugas are usually higher proof and very funky. So it does turn some people off if they're not uh, used to those flavors. Uh, this pechuga is actually very approachable. You don't have to be like an agave geek to, to appreciate it. You don't have to... Uh, try to understand it to appreciate it. It's a fun, great spirit to get around and enjoy. Uh, basically, ours it's uh, our silver tequila, so it's distilled twice. We add a third distillation to our regular silver tequila, where we macerate seasonal fruits. Uh, we use traditional fruits like the jocote, uh, pineapple, apple, uh, bananas. And we add seasonal Christmas spices to it. <laughs> yeah. And basically, we uh, we macerate for three weeks. And then we strain out the solids. And we redistill with uh, turkey breast on top. So, pavito means small turkey. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's basically a small turkey. It was the name of the bottling. Yeah, that's from, why you see those two turkeys up front and the bottle. And and I love turkeys. If any if anyone out there has ever been to Grand Army, you'll notice I collect ceramic turkeys. They're all over the place. Um, <laughs> but I've always loved the pachuca category because it's been my understanding that that essentially it's kind of like a harvest festival kind of celebratory, like seasonal. Yeah, so it's very seasonal. Uh, it's only for the pachuca in. In mezcal culture, it's very it's used only for 
like quinceañeras, weddings. Right. That's where you bring it out and and drink it. So it's not an everyday drink, but with this, we're hoping to turn it into something where it doesn't have to be a big celebration. It's just to enjoy the small days, uh, like a small victories throughout the days, things like that. Uh, it is a limited bottling right now. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, there's 12,600 bottles out there right now. <laughs> cool. Uh, I love, yeah, I love the Turkey, uh, you know, cause to me, like it, I mean, it's, it couldn't have been released at a better time of year. Right. Cause we've got like Thanksgiving coming up next month and you know, there's all the connections there, but I also like that. I, I'm sure that it's probably distilled out of it, but like the tryptophan in Turkey, <laughs> like what? Uh, the tryptophan, the chemical uh, the, oh. <laughs> in Turkey that makes you sleepy. Um, I'm sure it doesn't exist in this bottle, but I just knowing that there's Turkey involved with this calms me down. You know, like yeah. it, it really relaxes me. Um, <laughs> not sure if it's the trip to pan or the 40% ABV, but I feel real mellow after drinking this. Yeah, exactly. Have you guys tried it already? I've got uh, a lot of your nose on this. Yeah, I've got not a glass. Yet, no. I've got a but glass in front of me. Well, we're, we're at about the halfway point here. So why don't we take a quick break and then come back and, and wait just a second longer to try this. We'll be right back with the speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush green hills of Wisconsin bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. And we are back. You are listening to The Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network, just as we were about to try some of this Pavito Pachuga Tequila from Maestro Dobel here with Roberto Rosa. So I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm going to uncap this. Oh, yeah. And pour myself a little bit into this nice, uh, what What did you say it was? A bronze copita, Damon? It's an um, aged copper. Sorry, I've got some in my aged. mouth right now. I'm trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can read this for you. Maestro um, Double Pavito, or turkey in Spanish, is the first of its kind tequila using pechuga or turkey breast to both enhance and elevate the tequila. The result is a smooth yet complex tequila with layers of rich, savory notes. And then it also goes on to say about... Harold Mendez for Maestro Dobel Pavito. This Copita said, there's 20 of these sets, by the way. I have number seven of 20. Thank you. Um, wow. It says that they are fired for in a kiln for 12 hours, and they are 
inspired copper tones on the Maestro de Bell Pavito bottle. So basically they're using uh, this aged copper to uh, to make a glaze for these. And they have like kind of a, almost like a sheen to, to them, like a, like mother of pearl or like abalone in a way. It's, it's like, it's it, and they're kind of shaped like a, an oyster shell. They're kind of long, like a big egg, like half egg. So they're really cool. And they, they kind of like roll around on the surface of the bars. <laughs> they're pretty fun, man. Send, send me a cool photo. We'll, we'll put it up on the uh, yeah, speakeasy we'll Instagram so people can see what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, mine's in the glass. I haven't gotten it into my mouth yet. I'm just digging on the aroma first. Um, you know, what I was saying, um, while we we're talking about like the design of this, I know you guys are colorblind, but the bottle is blue. <laughs> the bottle is blue, and you know, from a design point of view, and I was talking, I was making the joke about tryptophan, which is not in there. I'm pretty sure, but I saying it kind of calls me calls it calls me down because it's very cooling. And but the the bottle being blue is also another thing in design where cool colors kind of like make you kind of slow down and relax, which is why like most grocery stores. Their, their colors are like blues and greens and tans, you know, things that are calming where like fast food restaurants are always yellow and red, like in and out and McDonald's. So huh. this just by looking at it makes me, makes me kind of relax. Huh. You've mentioned that before. Uh, I think we had another blue bottle, maybe the Italicus or something. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Which uh, this would be great with. My, my first nose on this thing is herby, but it's not the herbs that I typically expect. Uh, you know, I expect like, cilantro honestly in tequila but like i'm getting like mint so yeah it does have some botanicals can mint you're you're gonna get some more christmas notes uh, as you go through the tasting yeah you I do feel, get a I, lot I, of I, like I, sweet fruits up front as well i feel like just still on the nose here that uh you know maybe my maybe my nose is biased from the past you know several weeks and and whatever leading up to opening an absinthe bar but i'm also getting a lot of like anise yeah, but that's sure. a, that's another one. That's a major one. When you taste it, that one's gonna pop a lot. All right, I'm going in for. Anybody else have anything to say about aroma? I'm gonna well, go in for a taste. Maybe I mean, you're, you're I'm watching your aromas from your your olfactory, but it couldn't have something to do with that wreck you got into yesterday on your scooter. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you fall on your face? What happened? Uh, I was uh, whipping on home from you know commuting home from work. I worked at Ateria last night, the tequila and mezcal bar. And, uh, yeah, my scooter failed. Uh, the handlebars simply folded, um, like I was putting it away. Um, and I was at almost top speed. So around 20 miles an hour. Uh, and I had to, I never hit the ground personally. I had to run it out. Um, but I hyperflexed my knee and, um, in, I, there's no chance I could go to work today. I'm hopeful that I'll be able to get back around tomorrow. I ordered a knee brace. It'll be here tomorrow. And then I got to maybe, uh, looking to go into a doctor? I don't know. Well, I don't really are, like going to. Are you wearing a helmet? I'm always wearing my helmet. Yes. Okay, good. At least you got that. Atta boy. As I was going to uh, say, you could probably use one of these little copitas, flip it over, and protect your noggin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say I always wear my helmet, but you know, when I when I was hit by a car on my bicycle several years ago, I had my helmet with me, but was not wearing it like an asshole. Anyway, <laughs> um, so no automobiles involved in this this. Uh, fiasco and luckily again late at night there was no real traffic uh, if this had happened with traffic around i could have careened into it you know uh, who knows what would happen anyway i feel lucky that i am only uh i don't know i have a stiff knee uh having trouble traversing the stairs in my apartment but oh uh, you have some more of this and you'll 
Yeah, this will probably smooth some of it out. <laughs> yeah, this is good for what it is. All that tryptophan that's in there, it'll mellow you out. I will <laughs> say, tryptophan in the nice blue bottle. I will say, I'm going to give one more aroma note before I taste it. I'm getting a little bit of smoke here. I guess that's probably coming from the turkey. The turkey, yes. It's great. Yeah, I was impressed by how much, I mean, usually with pachuga, when I'm introducing people to it, like, you know, you t- the, the, fl- the sexy part of pachuga is, you know, the fact that there's like a raw chicken breast or a turkey breast or like a goat shank or something hanging in the still that they make on Iberico ham, you know, there's. Yeah, like- exactly. Yeah. What, what have you, uh, long pig. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like you, you know, you, you give someone their first sip of it and they're expecting like, I don't know, like a, like a chicken smoothie and then you know obviously the first things you get are like the fruits and the spices like the chicken is kind of like in uh, a, a supporting player in the aroma and they're always surprised they're like whoa that's not super meaty and you're like yeah it's there's a lot of stuff in there the chicken is just the most surprising part but the most surprising part of this is that i was actually the first thing i got on the nose was like savory protein i was like oh there's a a strong not quite like meaty note, but almost kind of like a mushroomy umami thing. That's yeah, umami. Through. That's the that's the way to go. Yeah, it's super well balanced. Uh, when you start tasting it, as it hits different parts of your tongue, you you'll see the transition between the uh, like sweet, savory. It, it finishes out savory, so it balances out in the end really well. Yeah, I just uh, took my first little sip and overwhelmingly cooked you know, cooked agave, right? Big, you know, it's like when, when you go visit a, a, a tequila and they give you pieces of agave to kind of chew on. That's what I'm getting right away. Lots of that. And then just a ton of that Christmassy baking spice situation. Uh, and then it's nice and warm. feels very warming. Uh, obviously, those are kind of warming spices, I guess. But Like the apple kind of starts coming through too. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. banana I get as yeah. well. Yeah, I was gonna say it finishes plantain, which which yeah. surprised and delighted me because I love plantains. You know what's cool about this? It's also making me rethink like my holiday dinners. Like if I'm gonna cook a turkey, you know, like instead of doing it in the traditional like kind of fixins, like maybe consider using mint and apple and pineapple and, and plantain and it's kinda got me thinking about that and it's making me think on the culinary side. Sure, maybe like a some mofongo or something. Yeah. Uh, don't talk about mofongo, please. I miss <laughs> mofongo so bad. <laughs> I'm Puerto Rican, remember? That's right. <laughs> I haven't found one that I enjoyed yet in the city, so. Well, the, you know, PR is only a quick four-hour flight away. Um, you can jump down. Well, when we travel again, I guess. Yeah. Um, man, yeah. Uh, so then it's a little bit peppery as it lingers. You know, again, baking spices coming through, like, nutmeg and cinnamon oh, it's quite good uh you mentioned a fruit that i don't know tejote or te- uh, tejocote tejocote that's uh, what you said, yeah. so i've actually never had the fruit per se either uh i've seen it in photos uh but i haven't tried it um it's very traditional i was researching it because i wanted to learn more about it and apparently it used to be like the most smuggled uh, fruit into the U.S. a few years back. Uh, now, <laughs> it's, now it's actually legal to bring up, but it's something very traditional during the Christmas season in Mexico. So it goes into a lot of dishes. It goes into drinks. Uh, they use it a lot during this season. 
Oh yeah, I'm looking it up right now. They look like uh, sort of tiny persimmons. I wonder if they have any flavor uh, similarities. I well, definitely do get a little bit of that kind of persimmon like yeah. zip off of this. Mm-hmm. So that definitely would 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 scan if our highly unscientific assessment of this particular species <laughs> is on point. Well, I'm gonna have my second go pizza uh, just so I can. Yeah, yeah. First one's just to just to cleanse the palate, buddy. I know how it goes. <laughs> I'm going in for my second one as well. You did. What's you the third on? one for? <laughs> Fun. Yeah. <laughs> anything. So I'm on my third one. Any, anything That's okay. also what the fourth, fifth, and etc. are for too. Yeah. Anything past two is fun. Um, wow. On second uh, approach, it's very. I don't know. Apricot. I'm getting a lot of apricot. Well, I have a really sneakily. I'm in. Uh, I'm in the the podcasting studio that I've created out of a ancillary closet in my apartment, which like I'm having to kind of mute myself, open the door, smell it, and come back in because the first sniff that I try to do just in here in this little like you know four foot by five foot space, I'm like the only thing I smell is shoes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Greg, what are we gonna do with you, Greg? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing, okay, besides Greg's studio, uh, the funny thing about this is that, <laughs> you know, it's, I, you know, I don't know if it's just the power of influence. You are a very influential person, Southern, but yeah, I am, the like, second one, I am getting like, like apricot O to V, not like. Yeah, apricot. oh yeah, right, right, like a mark. Yeah, so this yeah. is, I'm, it's. It's kind of taken. So I, trip, I, right? I do believe that's the Tejocota, the Tejocota, because. Someone described it like a sour apricot kind of fruit to me. So that might be it. Well, this is definitely taking me on a trip for sure. I mean, it's like I get something different every time I take a sip. And and I wasn't really sure what to expect when we first got these these bottles. But this is really cool. I can't wait to show my friends. My, uh, my three friends that I can see during this time. <laughs> right. Um, also, something really cool about it, the price point is definitely not as a Pechuga Mezcal price point. It's much lower. Cool. Uh, the bottle is around $60. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's definitely approachable, uh, especially for something that's sort of um, celebratory and seasonal. You mentioned that this is a relatively limited release. Um, do you imagine that that Dobell will continue to produce this and make it kind of all available all the time, or is it always going to be a limited release? I hope they keep doing it every year. I don't know if it's going to be something that's around year round, but if they bring it out every year towards this season, I'm definitely buying a bottle. They yeah, make you buy it. it? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, just say we'll we'll fake another radio show for you if you want to just like hoard it. Just like, oh yeah, man. Then there was this other show that I had to be on. Just send them all to me. I'll make sure they get the bottles. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's what Greg do the, does. Do the Greg Benson rotation <laughs> and, and get on all of his shows. Yeah. Um, Where do you think, Souther? I mean, like you're the guy who's been a chef before and taught culinary school. I mean, like there's just a lot going on here, right? Absolutely. Um, it's quite surprising. Um, again, it's what Greg was talking about earlier kind of tricks the mind. You just think, okay, I'm pouring myself some uh, tequila uh, that looks like a silver. And, uh, but then suddenly it's a wide open world of aromas and 
you know, I, you, I say it a thousand times, aroma is 90% of flavor. So all those aromas are coming together to make these really interesting and unique flavors. I've had plenty of pachugas before, uh, many with you, Damon. Um, we've had all variety of different proteins and even some different fruits and vegetables in pachuga, right? That they're sort of widening the um, nomenclature. You know, I've had the pachuga that has corn in it, and I've had the pachuga that has just lots of pineapple. And um, so it adds a layer um, to your drinking. Suddenly, it's almost like I don't want to go too far with my analogy here, but it's almost like this is a cocktail, right? I it was thinking that's like, exactly how I describe it. It's it's a cocktail by the master distiller, right? It's sort of the macro cocktail, right? Um, and can you make cocktails with it? Of course, right? Making cocktails with cocktails—that's that's like half my job. I feel like, um, but yeah, this this has so much going, so much character of its own. Um, I would just drink this. I don't know. I, I kind of do this anyway, uh, at least with like the first half of a bottle of anything new I get a hold of, I just drink it just to, just to see what it, it's about. Um, but this seems to me like something I would just kind of drink always just pour it out, pour it in a glass or maybe over ice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's something really interesting about this that kind of takes me back to a few episodes ago when we were talking about, uh, shochu, you know, it's like, it's something that like, I don't really want to stack anything else on. I'm yeah, gonna, like, and that, you know, we can't help it. That's what we do. We're we're cocktail guys. You know, that's as soon as we get something, we start thinking about. I mean, sure, like you said, you taste it on its own for a little while, and but the whole time you're thinking about how I'm going to use this in a cocktail. Right, or, right. Or that's I'm why I'm tasting it on its own because I'm trying to consider where I would use it. Right, right. Got to get to know it on its own before I can consider using it in something else. Yeah, but with this, this, I'm this... just like this, this needs to exist on its own. I mean. Not, for the listeners out there, if you want to mix up a cocktail with it, go right ahead. Let us know what you made. Send us a message, and uh, we'd love to hear about it. But man, this is really cool on its own. I, I don't think I'm gonna. I'm I'm not gonna mix it with anything. This yeah. is gonna be. I'm gonna try and save this until Thanksgiving so I can pour it for my friends and family. Um, but definitely not gonna mix it. It's, oh, this bottle is not gonna make it to Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, know, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I like. I like how Damon said he's gonna try to. Yeah. Try. Yeah, Can't right. make any promises though. Well, this is cool. I mean, like honestly, we haven't had a show like this. We haven't had an episode like this in a while. To where it's like, I feel like we've all kind of like we we've all kind of at certain points in this conversation had kind of a loss for words for like what this is, what we're actually experiencing. And I, yeah, I agree. That, I'm a little fun. bit stumped by this one. Yeah. And that, that is fun. It's challenging. Yeah. Um, I've already poured myself uh, I'm on my third. So now I'm into the fun zone. Um, <laughs> it's what well, it sort of seems. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sander. I was just gonna say it's, it, 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 you're right, Damon. We're in sort of beginner mind on this one. It's a very new learning curve. So uh, Roberto. Yeah. You guys are making this Pechuga tequila. You were the first to do Cristalino. You're the first to do this. Many followed and did other Cristalinos. Has anyone already followed, or is it, do you know of anybody out there who's planning to do a Pachuga tequila? Not that I know of. Uh, not so, but yeah. Well, so let's see the results of this. Yeah, wait till the shit out there. Uh, because yeah, I think it's going to be something that people glom onto. Um, I think that other tequila makers out there will. We'll, we'll get into this practice. Um, 
because it is definitely it's definitely an addition, not a subtraction. There's some things that are happening here that are unique and cool and interesting and worth pursuing. Yeah, it's it's what I like about it. It's what you guys were describing with every sip, you get something different. You get a new flavor added in there. You find something new in it. Yeah, absolutely. And also, to kind of like echo on uh, of what Souther just said. I don't think you know, Maestro Bell is relatively small compared to a lot of the other tequila houses, right? And I think d- making something as like micro as this run, especially with a Pachuga, where you're where there's like some real kind of like voodoo witchcraft kind of something that happens with a pachuga you know you're putting like a chicken breast or turkey breast in a still you fire up the still and then there's like nothing left in the still you wouldn't you open the hatch it's like some really crazy crazy stuff so like i don't i think this is like too too avant-garde and too like kind of curveball-y for a lot of the bigger houses to do so Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, some smaller houses will get on board and try and do limited release, holiday time. You know, again, Pachuga in the Mezcal world is all about celebration. Um, you know, you don't just drink it uh, on an average day. You, you save it for the big days, like like you mentioned earlier, parties, quinceañeras, weddings, even funerals. Um, it's, 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 it's held in high regard because of its sort of scarcity. Um, you know, it's, 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 one off a year that the, the you know that the maker will will do a pachuga. Man, is, I, I'm kind of blown away today. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, like this yeah. and that's and that's sort of the point, right, Roberto? I mean, it seems yeah. like the point of what what y'all are doing over there is to you know do exactly what you did to us. It's just kind of render us speechless to be like, wow, I don't, I don't. There's a lot of new stuff here that you know. It's easy for us being in the business for as long as we have to get kind of jaded and cynical. And even if we don't like think it out loud, we still in the back of our minds, like, yeah, I've kind of seen it all, you know, but like, this is new and, and novel. And, uh, and, and I feel like kind of, that's the objective of what y'all were trying to do with this is make something that makes people kind of shut up and go, Whoa, this is <laughs> different. Well, it, it did the same to me. I, I worked for the company and did the same to me. I, I mean, I, I have, couple different bottles of pechuga here in my house of mezcal. I have the jamón ibérico. I had one with uh, a sotolu with uh, like a rattlesnake, a rattlesnake poison Whoa. in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's plenty out there, very different. And as I was reading to the uh, uh, selling materials that they sent me before the sample, I'm like, okay, this, this seems very cool. Uh, it's got to be very interesting. But once I tasted it, I'm like, Wait, this is way better than anything I had imagined in my head that it was going to taste like. So, wow. Yeah, it was something that even I was pleasantly surprised who, with how good it, it is. You it's know, nice to be surprised like that sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. It's, and it's also, Greg, you know, the thing about this to me that would, I think has been kind of throwing me off a little bit in a really great way is that, and Roberto, you mentioned this too, like, you know, typically when you're here, I mean, not typically – like always, whenever you have a pachuga, it's mezcal until now. But with mezcal, you know, it's much more like, you know, it's bigger, bolder, grassier, sometimes smokier flavors. And with this, it's very flavorful, but it's also delicate at yeah. the same time. So like you are able to like like tap into all those flavors and aromas that would otherwise sometimes be overpowered by the mezcal background. 
So that's what's yeah, you're, that's you're not having from, to search them. You're not having to search out these flavors past the smoke and the, and right. the ABV. Um, yeah, these flavors are pretty front and center and, and right there. I also just think it's like, I feel it's one of those, uh, you know, the chip clip, that thing that you clip on your potato chip bag <laughs> uh, that you purchase, even though long before that you were using a, a clothespin and you're like, how come I didn't invent this? You know what I mean? <laughs> it, seems, it seems like, it seems like a, a situation where, Tequila and mezcal are so intrinsically linked, and no one ever, until now, thought to do a tequila pachuga. Like, how how did how did slip by everybody? Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's some real like, oversight. Such an obvious. Oh yeah, put a clip on the bag. Oh great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, R- Roberto, before we go, I have one. I have one question, and I know I'm, I'm aware that the answer to this question is a Google away, but I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way and ask you because sure. a lot of times when people when I'm you know, talking to people about Pachuga who aren't familiar with that category, the question they always ask is, so do you eat the turkey afterwards? And the honest answer is, I don't know. And again, this has been going on for years. At any point in there, I could have Googled it, but I didn't because, you know, I'm lazy. So I'm asking you, what happens with the 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 turkey or chicken or ham and barico that gets hung over the, the still? What happens to it afterwards? So I've heard that at our distillery, it is eaten by the employees. Nice. Excellent. That's that what exactly... I've heard. I haven't seen them eat it, but that's what I've heard. God, I would. That must be. I mean, geez, if you think the that's... the the tryptophan in this bottle is going to put you to sleep, imagine like just <laughs> chowing down on some Embarico ham with like 40% ABV, ABV and way way vapors just baked into it. Way better than a jello shot, guys. So, <laughs> but I've also heard, I mean, like I've heard from, depending on what kind of protein you put in there, and I've heard sometimes that like, depending on the heat from the still, like sometimes you open up the still and there's not even anything left. Yeah, know? it's kind of just gone. Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy. It's a crazy thing. It's like, like a voodoo witchcraft thing. Like I said, you know, it's like, who, however, this came about, it's just, I don't know. I'm just glad. I'm glad it exists. Uh, I'm glad it exists in front of me right now. I'm glad we all exist, even after my accident last night. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I exist yeah, still. For sure. Uh, we all are. Unkillable, still unkillable. Um, <laughs> well, Roberto, man, really great to catch up with you and talk to you about these innovations that are going on over at Maestro Dobel uh, and the Pavito Little Turkey silver tequila with natural flavors. Um, uh, where can people follow along and, and understand what's going on with the company and, and with you? So the Instagram, it's pretty, uh, pretty on the forefront. Like it's always uh, showing what, what's coming new, what we're doing with the events and things like that. So the U S um, Instagram account is at Dobel tequila. Pretty easy. D O B E L T E Q U I L A on Instagram. That's an easy yep. one. Um, Great. Cool. Well, Hey, Rebecca, man, this has been awesome. I mean, I, like I, I can certainly test and I'd like to make sure that we say this again. Like it's, it's not often that someone comes on the show with a product that just kind of like shuts us the fuck up. <laughs> like all we do is talk. There's three of us that talk a lot and you just kind of floored us here today with this. I mean, and I'm not, we're not being paid by you to like say that we're just like, this truly is, it, it's an amazing product and what a cool innovation for you to be able to enjoy. And it must be really exciting for you to represent, uh, you know, not only uh, a company that created Cristalino, but then the, the first 
you know, Pachuga tequila. It's really cool. So thanks yeah. for being on the show today. And uh, thanks for sending the sample so we could try this with you. And um, man, for y'all out there, I find a bottle of Pavito. It's, this is truly a, a unique spirit. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of shocked right now. Um, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a unique thing for you to bring to your holiday table this season. This could be a unique thing to gift to your friends who are into tequila and mezcal. Um, or maybe they're into tequila and they're dipping their toes into mezcal. This would be a good bridge. Um, I don't know. This is a, this, Damon's right. You've, you've, you've sort of stumped the monkeys today. Um, that's pretty good. That's, that's usually the reception that it's gotten so far. Uh, I was recently in an agave event here in New York, uh, and I snuck a bottle in uh, so I could give taste to like knowledgeable people that I know within the industry. And everybody was like, can I buy the bottle off you or right now? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been good, well, very well received. Right. You know, it's, I, I guess I just thought of one other thing, too. It's like I like that it's the only one that exists. There's no there's like no basis of comparison. Right. Today, what we've done is we've tasted this and observed it as just a spirit that was put in front of us with no comparison. Right. And mm -hmm. we all agree that this is just an outstanding spirit who cares about like, you know, I mean, we, obviously we do care, but like, you know, the category aside uh, and this being the only one, it's just a great spirit. Yeah. That's what it is. You know? So kudos to you guys um, for making something so cool. Um, yeah. That's, Huh, well, uh, yeah, and you're right, Greg. This is probably not going to last until Thanksgiving after all this. <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to last through the weekend at this yeah. point. It's a holiday weekend, too. My God. Yeah, no, yeah. low hopes for that. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks again, Roberto, for being on the show today. Everyone check out Maestro Double Tequila. The Pavito is killer. Um, it's going to be something that everyone should try at least once, right? Um, but you should try it three times because you get something different every time. Um, but check them out and check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station to keep us going. And until next time, everyone, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Salud. Salud. So you don't shun the devil with your The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>